0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
1: day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, today's Friday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bars on the market. Make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON at BiltBar.com for $10 off your first order. Last week, we talked about a couple of rules that were up for change this offseason, about three of those, the onside kick alternative, the change to the clock Uh, maneuverability that uh, Mike Rabel used in the playoffs against the Patriots, and also about the Sky Judge, a possible eighth official added to Cruz to help with reviews and other things of that nature. Well, the NFL owners and the competition committee have made their rulings on those different proposals, so we will go over that. And some other updates given by Commissioner Roger Goodell on when we could see coaches and players back in team facilities. So a lot of updating to do on some national news that does have an impact on the Tennessee Titans. So we will start off with that lead story. And then we got to hear directly from the left side of the offensive line this week. Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold talked with Titans reporters on another conference call and gave their thoughts on On multiple different things, including what's going on this all season and their expectations going into next year. So, in our second and third segment, we will hear the highlights from those conversations. We'll give you Taylor Lewan first, and then Roger Saffold after that. Once again, that audio is going to be coming courtesy of TennesseeTitans.com. So, some good stuff there. Once again, I'll analyze some of the highlights from those conference calls, and then we will finish off our Friday episode with the return of the Friday Mailbag. Got a couple of questions from you guys out there. I will read those, give you my answers, and of course, shout out those who are asking questions. Make sure you ask me your questions for next week's Friday Mailbag by following me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. You can ask me in a DM. You can tag me in a tweet. Doesn't matter. I'll make sure to get to your question. And also, subscribe to the Locked on Titans podcast on whatever platform that you do stream. I will be pumping out content for you guys Monday. Monday through Friday, all year round. All season, draft season, regular season, postseason it doesn't matter. I will be here with you guys on the Locked on Titans podcast. So with all of that out of the way, it is time to get into today's news. Hear from Taylor LeWan and Roger Saffold and answer your questions in the Friday mailbag. Let's get it. Last week, we heard word that the NFL was looking at three potential rule changes going into the 2020 season that would be voted on on May the 28th. Those votes have taken place, and we have gotten a ruling from the NFL on these three proposals. The first of these rules that we will discuss seemed like it was the most likely to actually be changed, and that was a loophole in the NFL rulebook that allowed teams to waste multiple minutes of game clock or excessive time on the game clock by committing dead ball penalties with a running clock. So, for example, the Titans in the playoffs were faced with a fourth down which they were going to punt and the clock was running. Mike Vrabel had up back Wesley Woodyard commit a false start multiple times in a row. What would happen is, after the penalty was assessed, the referees would run the clock again. The Titans would let the clock get down all the way to close to expiring and then they would commit another penalty and of course the referees would run the clock again after the penalty was assessed. This is something that Bill Belichick first exposed during the regular season, but Mike Vrabel gave him a taste of his own medicine in the playoffs and it's obvious that rules like that where teams are taking advantage of loopholes in the rule book need to be changed and of course the NFL and the competition committee made it such that that could not take place anymore. Second, we heard about a potential alternative to the onside kick. Now that kickoff rules have been changed in recent years by the NFL, which don't allow the kickoff team to get a running start, also makes the players closer together. What this does is it makes onside kicks less achievable, less likely to succeed, which makes comeback attempts less likely as well. And the NFL is looking to fix this problem somehow. And what was proposed is that the team that is trailing that has just scored a touchdown or scored some points can, in lieu of attempting an onside kick, have a one time untimed down where they have to convert a 4th and 15 from their own 25-yard line. If they are able to convert that 4th and 15, then they just keep the ball from there and get the opportunity to go down and score. That rule proposal was tabled by the owners and the competition committee, and some are saying that the reason that was not put through is it makes it Too easy for teams to make a comeback, whereas if you recover an onside kick, you are unable to advance it once you recover it. But on a one-time 4th and 15, if you complete, let's say, a 60-yard pass, well, now you just get to keep the ball with that 60-yard completion in your back pocket. And that is absolutely at the core of why this was tabled. Hopefully the NFL is able to work out some other alternative as the lessened success rate of onside kicks most certainly impacts the excitement of NFL football games and comeback attempts in general. And then the NFL was looking at potentially adding an 8th referee to each of their 17 officiating crews to help with replay reviews that would be known as the Sky Judge. But they decided not to do that and instead try to improve communication between the officials on the field and the booth in general. But one change that they did make to the replay system that they did not discuss last week as a potential change is they're making permanent the expansion of automatic reviews so that scoring plays or turnovers that were negated by penalty will be reviewed as well Also, the NFL added more language around the defenseless player protection rules for kick returners and punt returners that would require teams to give them the opportunity to not only catch the ball, but to make some sort of football move afterwards. And then finally, they did increase the number of players that can return from injured reserve from two to three. So that's something that would have impacted the Titans season in 2019 with all the players they had on IR. The last thing that I want to talk about, as Commissioner Roger Goodell did have a conference call today where he talked about them trying to get coaches back into team facilities by next week and also working with authorities around the country and medical professionals to get NFL players back in team facilities by June 26th. And June 26th is actually the date that the off-season program is set to end typically and would go into OTAs and minicamps and more on-the-field work. Hopefully that does end up being the case and, and we can get things at least football wise, uh, back to normal as soon as possible with all the different sports in America and a lot of soccer leagues around the world that are already up and going and the American sports like, uh, NASCAR has started going again. Hopefully basketball is on the path to return here soon. Obviously just looking to be optimistic, but I would absolutely love to see, you know, football back to some normalcy by the time that July comes around round, but we are going to continue today's Locked on Titans podcast. We have to hear from the left side of the offensive line. We are going to hear from Taylor Lewan first, and then Roger Saffold, and then we are going to finish off the show, as we do on Fridays, with a little bit of a Friday mailbag. If you need something to kick your Friday up a notch, you have to try out Built Bar. Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars on the market. I've told you guys a lot about my favorite flavors personally, the salted caramel chocolate, the peanut butter brownie, the banana nut bread was fantastic. And then not only the flavors that I like, but the method in which I like to eat the belt Bars, throw them in the fridge. It's getting hot. It's getting to be summertime, the end of spring. Make sure that you throw those in the refrigerator. They're nice and cool. Absolutely fantastic for you to start your day before a workout, even as a little bit of a treat or a guilt-free dessert. I'll give you guys some good examples here in just a moment, but more about That taste. They have tons of different flavors for you guys to suit whatever flavor profile that you're looking for. They have eight chocolate and nut flavors, eight chocolate and nut free flavors. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. You can definitely taste the difference from some of the processed chocolate that you typically would eat. They are soft and easy to chew even after you put them in the refrigerator. So, excellent bars there. They're not dry and crumbly or crunchy like some other protein or granola bar style health. Bars. Not only do they taste good, but there is a awesome health aspect to these bars. They're great for any health conscious guy or girl. They can help you not only lose weight, but maintain weight while it feels like you're eating a treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Those examples that I was talking about earlier. The versatility of the built bars. Take the peanut butter brownie. It would be perfect for a uh, breakfast alternative or before a workout. 20 grams protein, 170 calories, 3 grams sugar, 3 grams net carbs. Or, like I mentioned, if you wanted a guilt-free dessert or some sort of after-dinner snack, the Mint Brownie Bar. 15 grams protein, only 110 calories, 4 grams sugar, 5 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code ON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And then, once you take advantage of the offer, make sure that you tag me on Twitter at Tic. Titans and let me know that you have done so. I'll make sure to give you a shout out on the show. But we are going to get into the conference call highlights from Taylor LeWan and Roger Saffold next. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast.
2: We got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest
0: But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league.
1: Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Let's hear from Tennessee Titans star left tackle Taylor Lewan he answers a ton of different questions that I found very interesting on his conference call today with Tennessee Titans Media, so I'm going to give you a little bit of the highlights of that press conference mixed in with a little bit of my analysis in this edition of Sounds of the Titans, so let's dive into that now. This audio, of course, is courtesy of TennesseeTitans.com. Taylor Lewan first gives his thoughts on this offseason. This offseason has been the most, I mean, obviously the most interesting
2: one I've ever been a part of. And I think anybody's probably ever been a part of, but for me, I was out and I was on Arizona training for a couple of weeks at the beginning of the offseason, Then I was in California for a while. Now I'm back in Nashville, uh, got a spot and I have, uh, I have no doubt that I will be more than prepared for this upcoming season. It's about making it work and kind of working through the elements, a little bit of adversity, but um, I think this will be a big thing. For guys in the league, you'll see who's uh, who's really working when they come back, who's, who's going to be in shape and stuff like that, not just on this team, but throughout the entire league. But I think we have a good room, so I think um, a lot of guys are going to be in shape and ready to go.
1: I'm in total agreement with Taylor there. I think it's a very good point that this kind of offseason where maybe you don't have the team looking over your back, you're not in the facility with your strength and conditioning coach all over you, making sure that you're following your plan and your regimen. Guys are really going to have to have accountability and hold themselves accountable to get their work done in private settings. And obviously, I agree with Taylor that this Titans locker room, that gives them an advantage over other locker rooms around the NFL. And then Taylor talked about the continuity of the offensive line and if that will still matter in the 2020 season.
2: I think the biggest thing about our room is how close we are. So we have guys come in and out all the time, right? They get closer to the group and then unfortunately they leave. It is a business. And one thing they always say is, hey, there's nothing, there's not a room more tight than anywhere anybody else has been than our room. And so we're going to continue to to do that. We talk all the time. Uh, me, Jamil Douglas, uh, David Lee Questionberry. uh, we got the, we got the new guy out there, Isaiah, he, we're all working out together right now and making it work. It's, um, it's, it is tough because we, we ended so hot last year. We ended so strong and to, to, if we could start where we finished, uh, we could help this team out quite a bit as a group. And I think that is obviously the goal.
1: Next Taylor gives his thoughts on Derrick Henry's contract situation.
2: I think for anybody in the NFL as a player you always want uh, you always want guys to get paid. I think um, you know everybody plays this game for the love of the game and when you get into this part it, it definitely becomes a business and, and whether you like it or not that's just how that's just how it is And so um, from a business standpoint uh, as a friend standpoint that's all the same for me I think Derek Henry is one of the hardest working guys. On this team, uh, it shows in his play. It shows in who, how he is with a bunch of uh, the guys in the team. And I think um, he's definitely deserving. Now, I said this before. I said this to my wife before I even signed a con- my contract. Was you know I think John Robinson's a great GM, regardless uh, of whether or not I got that contract. So I think the best thing's going to happen for the team. Um, and I think Derek is going to do an amazing job for us this year, and hopefully for a lot more years to come.
1: Can't say Taylor is wrong right there. John Robinson is a darn good general manager. And then Taylor talked about when things started to click last season for the offensive line. Uh, We bring in Roger Saffold. He's expecting to
2: play with me all the way up until camp. Dennis Kelly and Jack Conklin are fighting for the right tackle spot. And then all of a sudden Dennis is like, hey, now you got to go and play left. And, you know, I definitely threw a wrench in that thing. Um, like I said before, I had no idea what I was taking, but that that probably is a big deal to to have how the slower start happened when I came back. I think those guys did a great job um, in those first four games. Obviously, ups and downs, and kind of mixing and matching people here and there. But um, to continue that is just is just keeping an open line of communication. Like I said, this this offensive line is extremely tight. These guys um, just really know how to work together. Raj and I really started to figure each other out. About week seven, I think it was right after the Carolina game, things really started to turn around for us, which is, is a extremely, you know, that's not good to be halfway through the season and then starting to figure it out. But another year of playing together, me not getting suspended is a, is a big one and then making sure that, that, you know, the boys stay on top of it. And we, like I said, we have kept keep an open line of communication. It sounds like everybody's working out really hard and uh, we know what we can be for this team. We know that, as a group, we have an opportunity to do something special and not only as individuals, but in the continuity of the offense line and the entire offense itself. We take a lot of pride in the, the rushing title. We take a lot of pride in keeping Tannehill upright. And so um, it just it's become personal for us to be one of the best offense
1: lines in the league and, and make that a, you know, sort of a goal. And I know that's a huge goal in our room right now. You like to hear the accountability from Taylor Lewan there. It's obvious that his suspension had a negative impact on not only the offensive line, not only the offense, but the entire team at the beginning of the season. Next, Taylor Lewan talked about how you handle the competition between Isaiah Wilson and Dennis Kelly. It's obvious that Taylor has played with Dennis Kelly for quite some years, so maybe their relationship is very strong, but Isaiah Wilson is a first-round rookie, and obviously long-term it would be better if Isaiah Wilson was able to win the starting job. So Taylor talks about dealing with that matchup and dealing with that balance.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good question. Um, I, I I want to approach this year, uh, the way I'd like to approach the rest of my career is I'm, I'm willing to help anybody and everybody and who, anything that I can help Isaiah with, I'm going to help Isaiah with anything I can help Dennis with. I'm going to help Dennis with what I care about more than anything is winning football games, winning football games, winning and and turning it in the playoffs and, and getting that last dance and figuring that whole thing out. That's the most important thing. So um, relationships off the football fields are what they are, but we all know it's a business and someday there's going to be some young slappy that comes in probably the top 10 pick that wants to come and take my job. And um, I'm going to treat him with respect and teach him everything I can and still beat him out. So I think, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely, it is touchy at first, but when you realize there's so much black and white, like when you're on the field, the only thing that matters is getting the offensive line better. And the only thing that matters is keeping Tannehill upright, getting Derek yards and winning football games. That's the only thing. And whoever the best person is for that right tackle spot is going to be there. Uh, that's just, that's just what it is. I love Dennis to death. I've had time to spend with Zay, and not those guys are, they're, they're both great people. So I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that battle I'm looking forward to them both grow as players too. Cause when you have that kind of competition, it definitely, um, makes you pick up your game quite a bit. So it's going to be, you know, it's
1: tough. But it's part of the business, it is what it is, and and i'm I'm excited to see what happens. Love that answer from Taylor there, and it will be probably the most exciting training camp battle to watch in terms of a starting position. Right now, off the top of my head, is absolutely the most interesting, or at least the one that I am most interested in, going into the regular season. And then Taylor Lewan talked more about the leadership role that he's going to try to take on this year, and then also talked about if it's fair for the team to ask him to take a bigger leadership role.
2: Well, yeah, that, I mean, whoever told you that is is smart and probably a little closer to me than i like them to be, but, um, that is true. That is something that I have, um, I've thought about quite a bit since the season ended, knowing that if I can be a better leader for this team, it's just going to help. Um, you know, this is my seventh year. I have made Pro Bowls. I have had a certain amount of success in this league that can help out a lot of other guys. And, you know, I think for a while I shied away from that a little bit. I did go to Michigan when I was at Michigan and I was a captain. There was a piece of me I lost, of, I lost and uh, trying to be that all American guy. Then I come in here and and Ken makes me a captain my second year. And I'm trying to be what I think people need me to be. And, um, you know, malarkey came, stripped the sea away and all that. And whether that was right or wrong, it doesn't really matter. I think I was just trying to be something that I wasn't. And now that I kind of... And more grounded and know who I am as a person and and know what I can give this team and know what I can give in this whole career of mine it's uh it's important me to me to take on a bigger leadership role that is important it is um it's going to help the team and that's that's the most important thing when you get to a game like the afc championship game and you realize how close you are and then you start to realize hey well, I'm, I'm you know I don't have 20 years to play this game I have you know hopefully five good ones left steal a couple at the end there but it's um, you, you realize how short this career can really be and how much I need to make the most of it. So I look forward to, to taking up that challenge and, and being a good leader for this team and doing the best I can to help uh turn that page to where we do get farther than we did last year. Yeah. I think if I was the coaches right now, I'd be pretty pissed off that I haven't taken on the leadership role yet. I think um I've, I've done a poor job of stepping up as a leader and that's, that's been by choice. And, a little more by fear than anything else because of, you know, how I've been bit in the past, trying to think, oh, I don't want to be something I'm not. And now, um, just like I said before, realizing who I am and realizing what I can bring to the table is really important. And um, it, I owe it to this team to be a better leader.
1: That is such a poignant answer from Taylor LeWan shows just a great level of self-awareness and Obviously, I know that some of you are sitting there thinking, we've heard this from Taylor Lewon I got to be accountable, I got to be better, blah, blah, blah. We hear it from him all the time. He knows what to say. He, he's well-spoken. He knows exactly what to say, when to say it, and why he's saying it, but... You can tell in his voice there's an earnestness there, there's an honesty there. He wants to be better, he wants to be a better leader and I thought it was really interesting hear him talk about how he kind of tried to be something that he wasn't early on and it, it led him into, you know, losing that captaincy and trying to regain you know, the trust of the other players in the locker room. I just thought that was a, a fantastic answer. Uh, getting into the core, you know, uh, of who Taylor Lewan is and, and who he wants to be. And obviously, I do think having things settled in your life, having a child, having a relationship, all of those things will help you kind of settle into who you are as a person. You know, we look at these guys, these professional athletes, and think of all the money that they make and the fame that they have and their prowess as a human being. And... Sometimes we lose that they're just human beings or a kind of going through life trying to figure out who they are as well and uh, anybody out there who's you know obviously over the age of 18 gone through their 20s into their 30s knows that the maturation process from being an, an early young adult in your early 20s to getting into your 30s and settling down in life uh, it's just different it's just a different mindset you're a different person uh, you mature I mean that's the best way to put it and it seems like Taylor is finally kind of settled and the last thing that we're going to hear from Taylor lawan here is just talk about the communication between that offensive lineman and how things are looking right now, considering where the offseason is.
2: I mean, communicating is just talking, right? And and Ben and Roger do a great job of doing that during the game. Um, Roger and I go off the sidelines after every series, talk about what we saw, what we felt, how I can help him more, how he can help me more in certain situations. That open line of communication, it's not like being a rookie where you're like, oh, is this guy going to yell at me? Ben and i have yelled at each other before roger and i have yelled at each other before like that is just part of the deal we just just go out and do our job and staying in a constant line of communication about what we're seeing on the field at those times even in practice is huge so um that's not just for us three it's the entire offensive line and it's um i think it's in all of my career the communication has probably been better than ever
1: Love hearing that the communication is as good as it's ever been in Taylor's career. That's fantastic news for all Titans fans. We are going to come back and hear from left guard Roger Saffold. We are going to hear from Titans starting left guard, Roger Saffold, and he starts off by just giving his thoughts on the 2019 season that was.
0: Uh, there was definitely an adjustment uh, last season, uh, just with everything being new. And I think that uh, just just you know, having that kind of like perseverance to kind of just keep working through it and then start meshing with the offensive line, um, it allowed us to uh, find a lot of success towards the end of the year. Um you know, I really like the the mentality, the direction that we're kind of going into next year. And I think that uh, I think that we should expect, you know, be on the same plane, you know, just to continue using last season, uh, but always challenging ourselves to be better than before.
1: Then Saffold gives his thoughts on the Ryan Tannehill extension.
0: As far as Ryan, I mean, Ryan played extremely well. Um, you know, he deserves the deal that he has. And you know our biggest thing is how can we play better so that we can continue to let him shine on the field. Um, you know, for us, we we know that pass protection was a problem, and you know it's something that we're constantly working on, constantly focusing on. Uh, you know, the direction that we're going in the offensive line room, I feel like we're gelling really well. We're working really well with uh, Coach Carter, and uh, I, I I just I just really plan on seeing some success this next upcoming season uh you know ryan did a great job being at the helm and you know i think once again it just comes down to the mindset of this entire team to just carry on with that momentum and just keep working to be our our best selves come game day here in 2020
1: and then saffold like taylor was asked when did things start to click last year Uh, i think that it just came
0: down to confidence and and
1: just kind of letting go and just playing the game
0: uh you know we really wanted to 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 put ourselves in position to win more games, and sometimes we could have been, you know, trying to be too perfect instead of just, you know, kind of going with the flow of the game. I think that when we allowed it to happen, we were able to kind of fine tune some things. I would say that it was probably after the Denver game, um, and I think that we were just clicking uh, from that point on. Once you start seeing success, you can just continue to build off of it. And you know, the great thing about this offensive line is just, you know, no matter how good. People tell us that we're good or how bad they tell us that we're bad. You know, we're constantly coming into work to try to better better ourselves. And I think that having that kind of growth mindset really helped us to, you know, be consistent all the way through for the rest of the season. Um, you know, when you look at games and games of success over and over again, uh, one step short from making the Super Bowl, that should give you a lot of confidence going into the next season to be even better for yourself and for your team.
1: And how can they carry that momentum into next season?
0: Um, I think just, you know, the overall chemistry with the offensive line is a ton better, especially with Taylor. I think that we started feeding off each other really well um, after, I think, the sixth game of the season. Um, As far as just for myself, you know, just kind of the concepts that the coaches are looking for, you know, kind of the way that they want us to handle certain types of protections, you know, the techniques. You know, we started to figure that out better and better as the season went on. And now it's kind of second nature. Um, the, the fact that they can tell me something I can uh, regurgitate that back to them um, the way that they see it is really helpful in kind of understanding plays and understanding technique. And um, now I have a, a, a better grasp of that. So it's going to help me in the future, especially in practice.
2: And how much faster of a start can you all get off to when you do get back on the field when you're not having to learn and think so much and you can just kind of do
0: you just kind of get to play free. And I think that that's what every uh, football athlete is kind of looking for, not to think too much, not to overthink situations, just to play. And then when you have any problems, you go over it with a tape. But usually when you play like that, you have good things that you get to, to teach off of after the game. Uh, for us, you know, once again, it comes down to just kind of leadership, kind of keeping our guys motivated, keeping our guys, uh, you know, just wanting to get better every day and, you Once we start growing collectively, that's when things really start getting fun, like we saw at the end of the season.
1: When Saffold signed with the Titans, he was coming off a Super Bowl appearance with the Los Angeles Rams and then went to the AFC Championship game in 2019. How motivated does that make Saffold to get back to the Super Bowl and actually win?
0: Uh, It's huge. I think that just, you know, my passion for that uh, is, is through the roof. Uh, you know, after going to the Super Bowl and then realizing that we, we were one game from getting into the playoffs with the Titans, um, I, I was really driven. You know, my my entire focus was driven to, you know, getting back to the Super Bowl. Uh, total, complete confidence uh, in myself, and my teammates. And basically, what can I do to get us there again? Um, this time we know. You know, having a slow start won't help us at all. And we really had to, you know, kind of gut-wrench through the season to get everything back the right way uh, for for us now. I think that now that we know our capabilities, you know, having that fast start is always in the back of our minds, but we're not putting any pressure on us. We know that the hard work was what got us there. So for me, you know, I constantly, even even the day after I, uh, I lost the Super Bowl, I, all I thought about was getting back. And People thought I was crazy for coming to the Titans, but look at us now. So I I have nothing but confidence in my team, and I I can't wait to get back in that position again.
1: And then finally, Saffold gives his thoughts on Isaiah Wilson and Nate Davis as the two youngest members of the offensive line group.
0: Uh, Well, as far as Isaiah is concerned, I mean, you know, you love having a big body over there. Um, I, I've seen, you know, just a little bit of his gameplay, but what I really love is I, as I love his work ethic. I'm, I'm seeing him constantly posted about workouts, and, uh, you know, work is definitely huge for us. Um, you know, the sky's the limit, man, for all these rookies, man. You know, it's a, it's kind of like uh, what type of mindset will you have, and will you fight through the adversity to be your best self when you're, when you're needed. Uh, so until we get him on the practice field, I won't really have a good idea for sure. Well, I'm liking what I see for right now, just out of what he's doing during this offseason. season. Uh, as far as Nate is concerned, Nate constantly uh, has been trying to just, you know, get better. Uh, you know, he's constantly learning from his mistakes. You know, when we're in meetings, you know, he's, he's on top of his information and he's answering questions and doing better. He's a better rookie for these next four games. But, uh, but both of them, like I said, man, just potential is just through the roof. I mean, I'm, I'm very, I'm very excited to see what both of them can do, and uh, I'm very excited to see see Nate for sure because I know that Nate's been been working.
1: All right, guys, that's going to wrap up our sounds of the Titans. Hope you enjoyed those highlights and that analysis. We are going to get into the last segment of our Friday show, a little Friday mailbag. See you on the other side. Let's go into the weekend with a little bit of a Friday mailbag. We are going to start with the first question here from Alberto Tenorio. He says, everybody expects a Tannehill regression, and I understand it, but what are the possibilities that he maintains or improves his level? I mean, he will now be the starter from week one, and the offense has last year's experience. So here's what I will say. It's not just that Tannehill will be the starter from week one, but bringing it back Taylor Lewan will be in the lineup from week one which will help the offensive line play at a better level and the confidence from last year I think will help the Titans offense and Arthur Smith is in his second year of play calling instead of his rookie season where he you know logically was taking his lumps early on and, and learning on the fly so I think those things are reasons for optimism not necessarily just Ryan Tannehill improving his play now he played at some historic levels last year. He's basically Joe Montana. So I think even with some regression, he could still be a very solid and and winning quarterback for the Titans, can get the Titans to the Super Bowl, even if he does regress a little bit. But we could see some improvements in certain areas because Ryan Tannehill, although he had all that success last year, he still got sacked a ton. So if the offensive line is better in pass protection, uh, that continuity that they established at the end of the year, if they're able to, you know, kind of keep that going from week one that means Tannehill will be upright more and then that'll allow him to you know maybe improve his play so there is potential there but even with some regression if the Titans are able to keep him upright he was, according to that article from Doug Farah that we talked about, he was the uh, best passer in the NFL with a clean pocket. So if the Titans are able to keep that pocket clean more than they did last season due to the continuity and uh, everything going on with the offensive line and having the unit together from the start, then there's definitely optimism that Tannehill, you know, can improve certain areas, uh, instead of maybe some of the areas that he was prolific at last year, like yards per attempt and things like that. The Titans had a ton of explosive plays, and maybe next year as an offense, they won't have to rely so much on those explosive plays. They can just be more consistent by keeping Tannehill upright and having more continuity on that offensive line. The next question comes from Kareem Labib on Twitter. He says, love the pod. Listen almost every day. Question for you. Well, thanks, Kareem. Do you know if Henry is attending virtual off-season programs or if he is quote-unquote holding out. Okay, so I don't know absolutely for certain if Derrick Henry is in the Zoom conferences, in the Zoom meetings, but, but, one thing I will tell you is, he already signed his franchise tender and said he does not intend on holding out. So if there's anything that he is mandatory supposed to be involved in, Derrick Henry will absolutely be there. So no, no sort of holdout, and I would not be surprised to know that he is attending all the virtual meetings and everything like everybody else. Uh, Henry is a team player, he's a leader, and I think at this time he really does think the Titans are going to get a long-term extension done for him. So with that in mind, there's no reason for him to, I guess, uh, be petty and have sour grapes and kind of hold out on certain things. There's just no reason for him to do that. No, nothing positive he can gain from doing that at this moment in time. The next question that we have here comes from TitansFan66 at TitansFan661 on Twitter. He says, for the Friday mailbag, if the Titans don't get clowny, what do you think the Titans should do with the extra cap? And I've talked about this a little bit in different episodes. I think that it would be wise to go out and get a veteran uh, backup quarterback. I'm not certain that I trust Logan Woodside or Cole McDonald to be the Titans backup. If Tannehill gets injured for a couple of games or even has to go out for a half of football, uh, that's just how I feel about it. Maybe Logan Woodside proves me wrong in the preseason. I'm hoping for that. I want nothing but the best for the guy, but at this time, I'd like to see them go out and get a veteran quarterback who can actually potentially win them some games if needed. Blake Bortles is still on the market. A uh, Trevor Simeon is still on the market, and they have much more starting experience than Logan Woodside and Cole McDonald combined in the NFL. So... That's where I think the Titans could go. And of course, if they miss out on Clowney, they could get more reinforcements for the defensive line in the pass rush group. I don't think that would be a terrible idea either. Uh, next, we have a question from John Porter. He said, if you were the GM, I like this question, who are the Titans you would extend? How long and how much other than the King? If you could extend Corey Davis for three years, 15 to 18 million for the life of the contract, would you? Okay, so two different questions there. I would make sure that I extend Jonu Smith. I think he's coming into his own, and I think right now you could get him at, at a bargain because of his lack of production. I think after this season, when he has a full season as tight end one, his price is going to go way up. Also, Jayon Brown. They have to secure Jayon Brown. He totally changed the pass defense once he was able to actually get on the field consistently in 2017. So I think those two would be the number one guys that, that I would look at right now, and coincidentally their contracts will be up after the end of this season. And then as for Corey Davis, yeah, they could get Corey Davis at three years uh, $6 million a year, three years, $18 million, then absolutely you re signed Corey Davis. But I got to be honest with you, I don't foresee that. What I see more likely is an 8 to $10 million deal for Corey Davis next year from a different team. We saw Robbie Anderson get a one-year $10 million deal from the Panthers, and although Corey Davis doesn't necessarily have the production that Robbie Anderson have uh, had, I still think Corey Davis will be in that salary range next year. He'll probably get a one- to two-year deal with about 10 to $12 million Dollars per year, and another chance to take an opportunity where they're banking on his talent and him improving with a new situation. So that's that's what I would say. But yeah, if they could get a bargain on Corey Davis like that, then of course you got to explore bringing him back. But that is going to do it. For today's show and this week of shows for the Locked on Titans podcast, now that you are done with this episode, make sure you tell your smart device to play the Locked on NFL podcast. There's a lot of national news. We talked about it quite a bit in our first segment, but there's a lot more national news and obviously you can get a a much larger deep dive much deeper deep dive into those topics on the National NFL Show. So make sure you check out the Locked On NFL Podcast. I will be back with you guys next week for another week of Locked On Titans episodes. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titans.